0: Okay, today we come to the end of the, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 16. This is the conclusion of Mark's Gospel. And, and just to be up front, it, it's very clearly said in your Bible that uh, there is debate on exactly when the original Gospel of Mark ended. Uh, your Bible, and all Bibles, uh, carry it on through uh, chapter twenty. But uh, there is probably a note in your Bible that some of the earliest manuscripts do not include verses nine through twenty, um, and a footnote in my Bible says some manuscripts end with the book in the book with uh, sixteen eight. Others include verses nine through twenty immediately after verse eight, um, and uh, there's just debate on on what is original, and uh, there's some debate because, for example. There are just things mentioned in this chapter that don't seem to fit with the rest of the Gospel of Mark or are not mentioned anywhere else in the gospel of of Mark, for example, in verse eighteen, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them um, you know uh that just that's odd language that 's not really found in any other part of the Bible, so some believe that the the uh, actual ending of mark the original ending of mark is in verse 8 but even then if you say it's verse 8 uh, it ends kind of in an odd way uh the last <laughs> the last words of the gospel of mark would be they were afraid and that that would be it but uh any, any, anyway uh this is the guy the last out i don't i don't I, I tend to believe perhaps it ended in verse 8 but but scholars disagree and and I don't I don't I'm not dogmatic about it and we have the larger chapter in our Bibles so uh, let's read it for our edification and uh, the theme of this chapter is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead which is in many respects is the climax of the story and uh, although it is the climax of the gospel it is nevertheless a, a relatively brief chapter especially if it ends in verse eight. The significance of the resurrection is uh, the first thing I want to think about. The fact is, when we ended the last chapter, Jesus was most certainly dead. A Roman centurion watched him die and was so moved by it that he confessed a measure of awareness of the deity of Jesus, Mark 15, verses 37 through 39. When Joseph of Arimathea came to retrieve Jesus' body for burial, Pilate was surprised to see that he was already dead, Mark fifteen forty-four. He wanted to ver- verify it, so he asked the centurion. Uh, the centurion confirmed it. He saw it with his own eyes. They wrapped Jesus' body. They laid him in a tomb for burial. Many were there to witness the whole thing. If there was any question as to whether he was still alive, someone would have seen it. Jesus was most definitely dead. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians fifteen three. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. The proof? First Corinthians 15, 4, he was buried. That was the scene at the end of chapter 15. But as we come to this final chapter, the same ladies who had watched Jesus be laid in the tomb in verse 47 came back to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. Chapter 16, verse 1. Instead they were met by an angel who announced to them that if they were seeking Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified then they needed to know that he has risen he is not here Mark 16:6 6. Jesus arose Jesus rose from the dead it reminds me of those who passed by Jesus as he was hanging on the cross, and deride, And they say, it, it says in Mark 15, 29 and 30, they derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. What if Jesus had taken their taunting advice? He would have come down. He could have saved himself. If he had so desired, he could have ev- evaded arrest and death altogether. But if he had, and he said that in in Matthew twenty six fifty three. But if he had come down from that cross, he wouldn't have saved himself. uh, But he, but he wouldn't have saved anyone else either. He had to die. And destroy the temple, uh, that is his own body. See John two verses nineteen to twenty one. So that he could rebuild it again in three days by rising from the dead. Keep in mind that everything Jesus did in his earthly life, death, and resurrection, he was earning for everyone who believes. In his life, he was earning a perfect record of obedience for you so that as you stand before the Lord, you have righteousness to present. In his death, he was earning a verdict of not guilty for you as you stand before the Lord by bearing the punishment you deserve. And in his resurrection, he was earning for you absolute victory over his death and life eternal and everlasting. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was signaling that payment for sins had been paid in full. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are connected to him, and everything he earned for you becomes yours. Secondly, the demand of resurrection. When the the angel announced to the ladies that Jesus was no longer there but had risen from the dead, notice what he says next. He gives them a command. What is it? Verse 7 includes these words, go tell. Both words here are in the imperative form. That is, they are both commands. Go, tell. That is the demand of the resurrection. Jesus has earned salvation for all who believe, but Paul, as Paul says in Romans 10, verses 14 through 17, people will believe when we go and tell, and, and they have the opportunity to hear and believe. As he famously said in Romans 10, 17, faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Mark's gospel kind of leaves the reader on this note. It's as if Paul is saying, okay, Jesus lived his life, he died, and he rose from the dead. Now, what are you going to do with it? The first order of business is to believe it yourself and be saved. The next order of business is to communicate the message to others so that the blessing of salvation may come to them as well. Finally, the authenticity of the account. Let me just say something here as we... Clothes that we may that may not have been immediately noteworthy to you. Question, who were the first people to be told of the resurrection and be given the task of spreading the word? Answer, the women, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus and Salome, verse, four, verse 1. Why is that significant? Because it adds to the authenticity and the trustworthiness of the gospel account. Why? How? Because the reality of that day was an extremely patriarchal society in which women were often second class citizens. If anyone wanted to fabricate or make up this story about Jesus and the resurrection out of thin air, they would not have, have written women into the story to be the first to receive the news. It most certainly would have been men because in that day it would have added more credibility to the story because in that day women could not even testify in a court of law. I believe the fact that it came to women first enhances the authenticity and trustworthiness of the account because it goes against all human expectations of that day. What a merciful and gracious God we serve who has not left us unaware but has left us an authentic and trustworthy word of his salvation that all who hear and believe might be saved. Mark began his gospel with these words, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Mark 1.1. Mark ends his gospel with even a pagan Gentile confessing Jesus to be the Son of God in Mark 15:39, and with Jesus fulfilling the gospel through his resurrection. The message is true, and that is the gospel of Mark.